Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? What's up? What's up? You're listening to Young and Righteous Radio, a radio show that sheds God's light on relevant topics from the younger generation, the millennium. What? <laughs> right, okay. The millennial perspective. <laughs> it's your boy, Evan Terrence. I'm Clancy Xavier Davis. The JMC. It's Leia. And it's Laura Melissa. And we back, man. Yeah. Back. Come on, this In feels good. This is we great. We started off right. It feels good, good already. We was almost on time. <laughs> <laughs> We was closer than we are before. In the flesh, right. live and in the flesh. Yes. A good sign. If you guys are just tuning in, uh, we do this all the time. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Come on. Facebook at why not? Uh, where else can they follow us? Instagram. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter. Oh. You know, quarantine, but it won't last always, as the psalmist says. A psalmist. <laughs> as a <laughs> quarantine. The psalmist, the songwriter said, you know, it won't last always. Uh, if you true. haven't, go ahead and get the new single out. That's right. Oh my God. Uh, as a YouTube channel, I also put it on Facebook today. And it's been, um, quarantine won't last always. Why are you change your voice? Right. Oh my gosh. Music video coming soon. Uh, I got a couple secrets for y'all in the video. You gonna really like it. Okay. Um, is Elijah <laughs> dancing in the video? Uh, Elijah gonna make a cameo? He is actually making a cameo oh, in the video. Um, his first music video. It is his first music video. But I can't. I can't oh, you can't give it away. Okay. But uh, yeah. It's not even one yet. Look at that. <laughs> that is crazy. Exploitation at its finest. That's crazy. Yeah. So Lauren, how have you been? Well, I started a YouTube channel. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I uh, broke my computer, <laughs> but I ended up getting it fixed. I got liquid on my keyboard, and so that kind of messed up the routine. But now I'm back. I'm so back. Um, what else is going on? I mean, I lost weight. You know, this the quarantine 15 ain't get to me. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. That's awesome. Leg, what about you? Hey, I'm chilling. <laughs> okay, chilling and uh, hanging oh and macking. Hey. No, I'm kidding. That's soft. That's soft as the wood. Wow, 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 wow. Uncultured. Soft as the wood. Lay, you've been working too. Okay. Lay up. First off, and let me add that if you ever need content, if you, you know, trying to build your social media, Lay up. Lay Look at the sunnyside.com. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. But yeah, I've been having a good time. I injured my elbow by having a good time. I'm grateful to still be working. I'm grateful to be in health, even though I caught allergies. Caught. I caught allergies, so that's been a struggle. But I'm good. So if you're watching now, I am not under the influence. That's all right. I'm under the allergy. Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. No! Jesus. There's water on the table. 
Wow. You better stop if you mess up this switcher. Right. Jalen? Um, well, the first half of quarantine, I was in California. So uh, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a vacation, but. It, it was, was a vacation. It was a vacation. Bay. Ain't, no, ain't no vacation until I'm married. Okay, August 22nd. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> other than that, quarantine has been really good to me. I only gained five and I lost three. So, so I'm doing pretty two. good. Mm-hmm. So only gained two so far. That's I'm not bad. I don't know. If that's but it's uh, not bad. What else? Uh, business is great. Um, we actually are going to be closing our first official big deal in July, so I'm super excited. Okay, about okay, that. okay. And uh, <laughs> other than that, things are good. Columbus, well. Today is Wednesday. Yeah, today yeah. is just an exclusive situation. We'll let you know what days we week. Uh, but every week you'll be able to catch us this summer. Um, and then we'll take a small little break before we come back for the fall. Uh, then we'll do a couple weeks in the fall. We'll take a small little break before we come back in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, it's just glad to be back. Like, what do y'all want to tackle first? Like, it's so much. I don't even know. Yeah. So many different angles. I mean... Obviously, there's the biggest thing right now is, of course, the racial injustice, the inequality, the murder of African-Americans uh, all over the, the United States. Um, I mean, it's it's so much that's packed into all of those just four topics that I named. And so I just, really is OK, let's let's start here. Where do you all stand with what's happening now in our country when it comes to racial inequality and justice for uh, people of color. I'm I, sick of it. Tired of it. Yeah. Can't stand it anymore. Yeah. There was a period. There was like a whole week where my body was aching. No lie. And it, I think it was just a physical like manifestation of where I was mentally. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. Like I, my whole body was aching, headaches, and just just feeling exhausted. And that was probably the first time. It was like heightened. Um, and so I, I guess that just something like what Clarence was saying. Just tired. Um, ready for something different. Some change. Um, yeah. yeah, I think exhaust, exhaustion is a, a good description. And also just this understanding that it's, it, it's a lot. It is a lot. It is like layered and, you know, it's not just, you know, racism, but it's like system, like structural stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so I was having a conversation with one of our uh, mutual friends and explaining to him like, it's black lives matter is not just like a one and one and done right like once like we can say like put the flag flag down and say 
we accomplish or we solve this and black lives now matter, that's going to take years upon years. You know what I'm saying? Like the systems that are in place have to like dismantle and that to me is just like a daunting task. And then when you look at the people that are in leadership, I mean, the senators and the president and just the people that we've elected into local offices, we got to get the right people in there. But then in order to do that, we got to educate our own to go out and vote. So it's literally multi-layered. And so because I'm a, I don't want to, I don't like to think I'm a systems person, but I do like to like, I'm a processes person. Like there's an order. And so in my head, I'm just like, what do I need to do first to get to here, to get to here, to get to here? But in my mind, it's just like a, a web or like a map that you got to go this way and down and over. And it's all over the place. So just as confusing as I sound, it is more confusing, like literally. Living, yeah. yeah. I think it's a lot, like what you're saying, it's a lot to take in. And I think a lot of people, I know personally, have had a lot of physical reactions to what was going on. I couldn't really put my finger on why I was acting the way I was acting. I thought maybe I was just sick of being in the house or whatever, but I realized like after the Ahmaud um, Aubrey situation, I found myself to be like really, really sad and affected, you know, how I was at the house. Alicia asked me like three, four times, like, are you okay? Are you fine? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, cause I really thought that I was, I didn't realize what it was. And she was like, did I make you upset? Like, did I do something to, to make you like, wow, I'm fine. What are you talking about? And then I was talking on the phone with somebody and they were like, you know, you're definitely different right now. And I had to think about it, and in the conversation, I realized that it was the uh, Ahmaud Arbery situation that somebody who's, you know, my age, um, life was taken from them, um, regardless of whatever the situation was. But I think what was different for me in the uh, George Floyd situation and the Ahmaud Arbery situation is, like, there was a lot of room, not a lot of room, but a lot of people bargain when it comes to, um, why somebody dies. Like with the uh, Mike Brown situation, they were saying, oh, well, he was running away and he's really big and the officer felt, you know, threatened. Or with Eric Gardner, they were saying, well, he shouldn't have been selling cigarettes. Or Trayvon Martin shouldn't have been fighting the guy. Like with the Ahmaud Arbery, there was the bargain, like, oh, well, why was he going in and out of the house? Like there was this room for that. Then like, uh, there was like a struggle and we didn't see the whole thing. But with George Floyd, like, regardless of how we got to where we were when we started seeing the video, there was a point where it could the altercation could have been done. He, he was laying on the ground, his hands were cuffed, he was like he was not a threat. So there was no there's no excuse. No to need say, for extra no force. Right. No extra I felt threatened for my life. Like he was under control. He was laying there. He even said, like, I'm through, I'm through, like I'm done. Like I'm I'm not resisting. I'm 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 good. But we watched, you know, the guy, we watched his life leave his body. We watched him call for his mom who's been dead for years right. but he's calling like that was the most traumatic thing I've seen via social media ever and I think for a lot of people it was because there was no there was less room for people to bargain and try and justify it and so I think the egregiousness about with that video really pushed a lot of people to have like feelings of okay now we're really really tired like I was having a conversation again about this, and I equated George Floyd, not equated, but I paralleled George Floyd to Emmett Till, because uh, Emmett Till's situation was really what sparked or really pushed the the um, civil rights movement. Like, the civil rights movement was already in conversation, and there had been previous murders and previous things that had gone on before Emmett Till, just like there had been tons of things that happened before George Floyd. But because Emmett Till happened on such a 
public thing. Like they put the picture in Jet Magazine. His mom had an open casket funeral so everybody could see what had happened. The world had saw it. The world got to see George Floyd this time and where they met. And somewhat of a mod's death. Correct. Right, and right. Back to back like that. And that was really, and I think that's really what pushed the second wave of a movement. Sorry, I talked so long, but I think that's really because it was so, so much publicized. That's really what. And I think, too, coming off of COVID, too. Like, right. it was just yeah. like we were in the house for months. Um, and even the, the the news or the media tried to spin it like, you know, blacks are more, um, you know, likely to get it, you know, prone to getting COVID. When you they knew nothing about it. But here we are again at the center of a narrative. And so it. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's something medical related, like we're always the target. And so then when these two happen, I think black America just was like enough, like enough yeah. is enough. Yes, we we knew, we've been new, we, we live the, the um, medical disparities. Like we understand like we don't get the same care. And even when they talked about like the tests, you literally had to be dying to get a test. And even if you get the test, by the time the results come back, they be, it's too late. And so, like, even that, so for me, it was just, like, my mental, like, I couldn't even think about going to a protest. And, I, and like, I know everybody processes differently. And even though I work, I do work around racial equity. And I could not get myself up to go to a protest. Like, my, my mental was already, like, just maxed from COVID. Then maxed from Brianna, which we hadn't even talked about. That was before, right. right? And then you had Brianna, then you had Ahmad, and it was just back to back to back. And eventually, I had to protect my peace in terms of like I can't give energy to this because if I do, I would literally not want to watch TV anymore. I would not want to watch white people be happy. And that, like, I just got to that point. I couldn't watch like I wanted to watch Girlfriends one day, and I was like, well, Amazon don't have it. Maybe I'll watch Sex in the City. I couldn't even watch Sex in the City. Yeah. I, t- I watched like three minutes and I was just like, these girls Can you are. Talk about that for a second? Yeah. Let's talk about the emotional toll it takes on us. And like, so you said like, you find yourself like not wanting to see white people angry. I mean, white people happy. Like, it's just, that's dangerous. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. for, because it's creating like a, a anger and a potential for, um, a prejudice against, you know, white people. And some people will say it's warranted because, you know. And it's not even like I was angry at them for being white. I'm angry because you could do something about it. And it's like no matter how many times we be like, Crying, we're crying for help. We've been crying for help. Black Lives Matter hashtag did not start right now. It no, started right. years ago. Yeah. So we've been screaming that, please treat us like human beings. Please, like, we want to stay alive. So, like, this is nothing new. So I'm really happy that, like, the consciousness is there for, for some people who, you know, didn't see it before. But for me, it wasn't the fact that I was upset that they were white. It was like, I'm upset that y'all are not helping because you can use your privilege to literally change yeah. policies. You can literally yeah. use your privilege to give us fair housing, to give us, like, just just fair anything. We're not, you can be an advocate. And I'm not even going to say an ally, but I'm saying, like, an advocate. Literally asking yourself, like, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to lose? Because, essentially, if you are going to stand as an ally or an advocate, you have to lose a part of your privilege right. to put your life on the yeah. line. I know I found myself angry a few times. And it is stuff that... 
you know, it kind of happens already, but like when something happens, it kind of heightens things that's already been happening to you. So something as small as like I'm in Cascade Mire and usually, you know, I'm like, you know, when you're in the aisle, you're looking at something, you walk by, you say, excuse me, you know, I do it all the time. I did it a couple times in the store. And then I noticed that about on five different occasions, these white people were walking by me and just being rude. And it's something so small, but can be heightened in such a time as this. And I found myself just being angry um, at little stuff like that, just being ignored and just feeling less than, even there was, <laughs> In Cascade again, and this guy is riding me. I'm coming off the exit. He's riding me in his Audi, um, and he's, like, you know, riding me. And then he speeds off, white guy, and he's going at least, like, 30 miles over speed limit. And I'm like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. That's It's not, like, his privilege makes him feel comfortable to do that. Yeah. He doesn't care about who else is on the road. He doesn't care right. about a police officer. So just That's I thought true. a lot so much deeper into so many things. Um I unfollowed a bunch of people. I'm surrounded by a lot of white people, and I was frustrated with their lack of concern and just the choice. There was, like, for instance, I found a lot of them, like, having a good time. I left a protest, and, like, in the morning, I think it was the next day, I just saw, like, their posts of them having a good time, just being so naive and far from the world. Two different worlds, and I was just so frustrated. Like, I don't want to be associated with somebody who's that far from the world, especially if we're friends, right. you should be concerned for me and my well-being. Do you really not know that sad? And it's just, it just goes more to show of your privilege that you have. So I found myself being very frustrated to the point where I won't even look certain people in the eye anymore. Um, and like I said, I, I've unfollowed people, but I kind of had to check myself a little bit um, and really dig in for the, for the reasons behind it. And I think other friends of mine that are white or, um, not minority have stepped up and kind of like filled in the gap for those other ones and i really appreciate that you know just saying like hey i'm you know i i'm here for you and all this type of things and just checking up um so that's kind of where i was in i would say probably like last week um definitely snappy or just like like i just don't like i found myself just zoned out i was painting the wall over there and i i've spent like a whole day just painting and um like, people were coming and talking to me, but I wasn't really there. I kind of just yeah. dove into what I was doing in that moment. And even when some when somebody would say something, I find myself being snappy. So um, just having to check myself and really um, dig a little deeper and kind of find some peace, grab some peace, some type of pocket of joy from someone. Whether it was hugging Eric a little tighter before he left for the day or, or hugging him when, to see him walk back in the door, just... Um, Things like that. So, I was about to ask that. Like, what do you guys think would be um, some things that you do to find clarity? How you post sometimes, black boys, or like, what are the things that you do? To, yeah, like, I want to hear from y'all. Make yourself feel yeah. better. Um, you know, I haven't really found like that one thing that kind of mm-hmm. takes my mind off of it because it's like we're so saturated in it, mm-hmm. in a sense that I have to like recognize it. Um, but just simple things, you know, like just watching shows or movies that I like Mm -hmm. to just try to take my mind off of, or just, you know, getting off of social media for Mm -hmm. a few hours or something, because it's always constantly Mm -hmm. reminding you of what's going on. And even though we need to be aware and cognizant of what's going on in the world, it's sometimes good to, you know, just step away and take a breather. So I find myself doing that often, you know, just shutting off from the world for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think for me, it's it's two major things. Um, so part of quarantine, I was revealed, uh, and people always, you know, try to find it. This is kind of a little tangent, but they always try to find their purpose and what their purpose is. And God revealed that my purpose is to be uh, to collide ministry and marketplace together. So business, I realized why I was so attracted to business and why, you know, I started a business, all these things. And so when I was revealed to that, uh, when, when that was revealed to me, I finally um, realized that that's one of the areas that I use as um, a healthy distraction, basically. So instead of being on social media or reading, uh, you know, I, I just work on my business. I, uh, you know, work on marketing, whatever the case is, I do that. And then another thing that I do is I love working out. Like that's that's another reason why <laughs> that's another reason why um you know, not just, you know, gaining and losing weight, but working out actually allows me the freedom to take my anger out on something that, you know, won't be affected. You know, weights can't be affected by how hard I throw them on the ground, whatever the case is. But, uh, you know, just being able to release that physical uh, stress and tension because we live in it every day as African-American males and women deal with it, too. Um, however, it just seems as if that we are just the, the bottom of the barrel of the targets when it comes to racial inequality. And, you know, it's I, I found myself and kind of going back to the last question, I find myself found myself angry as well. Um, you know, I'll talk from a spiritual perspective once we get to that point. But I found myself angry because. A lot of those people like you, Leah, in the business community mm -hmm. are just so naive mm -hmm. and it pisses me off that yeah, I can even like say how? that. It pisses me off because you you were just, it takes lives being taken in a matter of us being quarantined for you to recognize your privilege. Mm -hmm. That that really shows me that you really don't care. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that's that that qualifies us and permits us to be angry. But when we're angry, they're saying, you know, let's just calm down. No, it's over 400 years <laughs> of oppression. Ain't no, hold up. Ain't no hold you know up. what I'm saying, bro? And so it's mm -hmm. it's just so much that we have to process yeah. as people of color, but especially as men of color. Uh, it's it's yeah. to this day, you know, I, I even went to AutoZone and, you know, got my car and stuff checked out because I don't want to be pulled over for a light yeah. and my life be possibly taken because of a tail light. Like these are things that we have to think about. Realities, yeah. Whereas you know, people of our of the majority uh, of influence or whatever you want to call it is white they don't people. have to think. The white folks they don't have to think <laughs> about that. Yeah. I was in a room doing the Institute for Hidden Racism, and someone asked a question that said, "Raise your hand if you ever got pulled over for there not being a light on your license plate." And only the black what? man in the room raised their hand. Absolutely. The white people were like, "What?" That's the thing. I was, yeah. yeah, I was like, "Y'all know there's a light on your license plate?" No, I didn't even know. Like, you never got pulled over for your light being out of light. I was in Saginaw with Maya and George. I was taking them back to campus, and I was driving a couple miles below the speed limit because I didn't know where I was going. It was dark. We got pulled over, and the officer, um, you know, asked us where we were going. I told him I was, you know, dropping them off back at campus. Um, and then he asked for my license and registration. He asked me if I owned the car. I was like, yes, I do own the car. And I said, the officer, you know, why are you pulling me over? The thing is, um, they have all that information. You can exactly. see it. That's yeah. the point. And That's so I asked point. myself, well, why are you pulling me over? I was like, I'm, I'm very certain that I was not going too fast. He's like, well, you caught my attention when you were going five below the speed limit. I like, oh, wow. Like, why would you even speedometer me, if that's a word, <laughs> to see how slow I was going? Like, I'm not from here. <laughs> 
from here to see where I'm going. He was like, well, and then when he came back, he was like, well, also the light is out on your license plate. And so well, just, also. And so then I waited for him to leave because I didn't want to get out the car while he was there. I waited for him to pull off. Me and Mike gets out and we see the light on my license plate is actually on. Like I was livid. I was, and I knew exactly. I felt like uh, Cuba could have driven before he the hood. And like, you can't even write. You can't even right. do it. You can't do nothing about that it. Yeah, that's wild. Happening. You couldn't do. You can't do anything about it. So like, there's like <sighs> a lot of pent up aggression. I mean, uh, no, you, no, that's fine. That's a good interjection. Wow. Again, these are just things that we have to think about on a daily basis. Whether or not, you know, when I'm exercising, something that releases that tension for me. If I can go on a run throughout the city or around the neighborhood, because someone else couldn't. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's just so much. And uh, Leia, even to your point about the um, the Meyer experience. Yeah. So it, we were even, we were going into, matter of fact, no, it was actually the Meyer on 28th and Kalamazoo. So we were going and just grab a few snacks, uh, Kamai and I, and um, there was a white, older white gentleman who grabbed a cart from the side of the entrance. And as we were walking in, we were well out of his way. I'm sorry, this was, yeah, this was the Meyer. And he grabbed the cart, turned it around, and did not look to stop to ensure that everybody could get through to the entrance, except he tried to keep going. So Kamaya stopped. She's the love of God. I'm not. I'm Peter. I'm, I'm going to beat you up. So <laughs> so, um, so I kept going to see if he was really going to run into me. And I actually said something. I took my mask off. I said, hey, bro, you see I'm walking right here. Wow. <laughs> Be polite, bro. <laughs> the bro. Straight up. I, straight up. I don't care. And in I'm like, you realize, because it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. And I said, you realize I'm walking right here. You could have ran some people over. And he just, you know, he just ignored me, however. But I'm going to let him know, like, bro, we here. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing, like, we experience those microaggressions mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. But right now, all of that stuff it's is just, you it's pay attention. I know. <laughs> like, even today, I took my car, I'm getting my, my AC fixed. You got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but, like, even the, I don't know. And then it's, it's like, some, it, before this, I would just think, like, okay, that person just has a bad character. It wasn't white, black. I mean, that was there. But it wasn't the focus. And now, like, I'm just questioning every encounter. Like, you don't like me because I'm black, huh? Yeah. Or, like, I'm just listening. He, just his attitude was, like, towards me, um, which is really rude. But I'm just, like. And that's an additional effort for you at the at the end of your day. You yeah. expend it more exactly. energy than you have to the culture has. And then, to like, to keep it from escalating, you got to go over, above, and beyond mm -hmm. to kind of keep it kind of. Plain and simple, being extra nice, right. and it's just really frustrating. I would, sorry, I was gonna say, like, I would never forget the one time I was in Meyer and I was checking out, right? Sycamore. I was putting my groceries on the the belt conveyor belt, and a lady in front of me like turned around and was just like, um, "So, who's your caseworker?" As if I was getting, like, I was paying for my groceries with a bridge card. And I was like, even. I would say, excuse me. But so here's the thing: this happened before I had my little, my little social justice lens. It's okay to cuss. But and I, I, I recall going to the car. I didn't even pull out of the parking lot because I called my mom. I was like, Mom, let me just tell you what just happened to me. Like, I froze. Like, I just looked at her like. I, one, I couldn't believe she said that, but I wish I had a rebuttal like right away, but I didn't. Yeah. And I always think back to that moment, like I wish I would could have said something, but if I did, it would not have been nice. Right. And then I would have been painted, 
I'm sure she probably would have went to customer service and said something because we're, you know, we are threatening. You know what I'm saying? But angry I, black woman. angry black woman. So I just think about I think about that moment and all of the other microaggressions that I've experienced, like living here, um, and how it's difficult. <laughs> like, and that I'm sure is is definitely similar in other places but for me it was heightened when i moved out here right. from detroit especially like did you the only yeah definitely <laughs> definitely i'm gonna say um it brings to mind uh when we do the institute building racism workshops there's a term that we talk about when we have these conversations and it's called misplaced rage and siege mentality and it actually comes from a, uh, a book that a ex-cop wrote when he was talking about how uh, police officers struggle with misplaced rage and siege mentality because every day when they leave their house you don't they don't know if they're coming back you know mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they could be it could be a routine traffic stop that turns into a shootout you know mm -hmm. so every day their nerves are and their anxiety is at a heightened level and so they have um, this season. All right, Zion has been on the heightened level for far. I was just gonna. I was, gonna, there. I was I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting I was gonna let him finish. So there's this siege mentality where they always feel like they have to watch their back because they never know who's coming from them. And then they have this misplaced rage because there's times where they have to exercise restraint. Like when you see people yelling in their face and they can't do anything about it because they know that they they're not supposed to. And so then that's why you see higher rates of divorce and domestic abuse and things like that in bula, police bula, officers' bula. homes. So <laughs> right. that very same misplaced rage and siege mentality, you take that and you magnify that to a whole race of people who have that same feeling where you walk into a store and somebody like legitimately may not have even seen you, but you have to ask yourself, okay, did this happen because I'm black or yeah. did they not see me? Yeah. Or when I rose my hand in my staff meeting and she you know, did not acknowledge me, did she ignore me because I'm black? Or when I was at Target and I was wearing a blue shirt and they asked me to help them find something, did they really just think that I worked at Target? Or did they- That's happened to me so many I, times. I said, do I look like I'm wearing red and khaki to you? No, I cannot help you find, what can you put? I don't work here, Susan, you know? So it's like, that adds to stress, that mm -hmm. adds to anxiety. And you can look, and I, and I promise I'm not gonna go into conspiracy theories of deep, I was about right to. Let's, I, I, I was about to. But there is numbers that prove that we suffer as African Americans That's right. higher rates of stress. And if you For look sure. at diseases that are very prone hypertension, to those are stress induced. High blood so pressure. Racism is literally killing us. Yeah. It's not just right. to treat everybody the way you. That's right. It's so much right. deeper than that. Right. We need reparations. That's right. Yep. We, you, we, we need our 40 to, acres and a million. Okay, Dr. Martin. Now, speaking of reparations, Trillions. the founder of BET. Yep. I saw that. So Somebody what happened? Yep. What happened? Yep. Go ahead, tell us. I saw that. Um, I can't think off the top of my head what the article said, but mm -hmm. I saw the number fourteen trillion. I believe. So, yeah, fourteen point seven trillion. I think is what it was. They said it would cost for reparations. So um, he created like. And somebody had calculated it out on Twitter. That said that's three hundred thirty thousand three hundred thirty three dollars for every Correct. African American. Absolutely. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, Correct. Exactly. And so, but it's not every African American. It's only. African Americans that can be traced back to the, the slave trade. trade. And so 42 African Americans would be eligible. Mm. Uh, 42? 42 million. Okay, oh, I was about to be saying. like, wait. I said, that's a lot of money. They so you mean to tell me? <laughs> so we're going to have just one rich uncle. Right. right. <laughs> well, I know my family up in there somewhere. African Americans. 
Now, here's the thing, though, and, and I have to look deeper into it to really see what's up, but it's going to be really hard to prove that because yeah. they didn't keep accurate exactly. records of slave trades. People were right. stolen. And, last and their names aren't name real. My last name. So it's right. going to be really hard to right. prove that. That's but true. for years, they said that we couldn't do reparations. Y'all just gave everybody to Listen twice. Period. Listen, not even twice. Twice. Oh, I thought it did. No, it did not. <laughs> this, they were this talking is, about it. No, yeah. this is how rumors get started. No. Don't do that. Y'all, y'all said twice. <laughs> <laughs> twice. No. People making more money than they then were before. That's, that's crazy. And, and when they, when that report came out, that's when they said all states need to be open. If you realize that, that report that's came true. out, and then all of a sudden, coronavirus no longer listen, existed. Listen. If we going down yo. conspiracy theory holes, go ahead, bro, back yo. To it's, not even, it's not even a conspiracy theory, but I'm going to just say this. There is a patent that was approved yeah, last in year. Uh, 2014, too. Oh, okay. Uh, 2014 for coronavirus, like, uh, COVID-19. Right. And, of course, you know who, who has the, the cure. He, he did it twice. He must have so, did it twice. Yeah. Uh, which one there was know? one approved last year as if they knew this was coming. Yes, Obama had the plan for Obama, uh, Obama had a pandemic. He, his, um, yes. What's it called? He had, type of thing he, had. he had a pandemic. Yes, he had a whole team and, once, and Donald Trump fired him. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. He basically, his whole presidency was like a rebellion. It was just like, I'm going to get in here and undo everything he did, not even thinking about the consequences. And yeah. I mean, everybody can argue like Obama wasn't for black people. But you know what? Obama put in more things in place like universal health care. Come on. Obama was for black people. Like, yeah, yeah like. But, I there, was, but there was something Donald signed last. Oh, that was rude. There was something President Trump signed last year. Donnie, that was nice of you. Donnie. Yeah, I didn't feel right. Oh, I felt nice disrespectful. Nice you, I, said, no, I really called him Donald. 40? <laughs> <laughs> there was something I was reading something and I feel bad because I should have screenshotted it and yeah but anyways I'm gonna do better there was something that he signed and passed last year to prepare for this year as if it was like planned like as if COVID was planned and they planned to give us money I don't know if that makes sense I guess that's crazy like and, and it's hard because it's hard to prove those things right you see like and Photoshop is real, so, that's true. But back to the reparations mm-hmm. so I think on the reparations situation, I don't think it's the best idea to give 42 million African-Americans $347,000 all at once. No. Um, we are going buck wild. Okay. Uh, are you <laughs> kidding me? Yes. trains and automobiles. But hey, 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 honestly, <laughs> wait, flag on the play, flag on the play. I guarantee you if they do distribute all that money, the Dow, Dow Jones about to skyrocket, the, like, Wall, Wall Street. So that might be the best thing that ever happened to America. I think it, but I see what you're saying. I think it needs to be some debt paid off. Yeah. So, I, think, I think it needs to mirror <laughs> yeah. or be similar to what we do. Free college. I'm yeah. getting me a mommy and me makeover. That mommy makeover. So Native Americans, there's a tax cuts that they get. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're percentage of Native Americans, free tuition, yeah. free college tuition, they don't pay tobacco tax. Like, there's yep. certain things yeah. that happen. Um, and so I think that yes. we need some yes. percentage. How did, how did, I just want to know, how did, how did, how did the, how did the, the people with Indian descent get Native the, America. Na- yeah, na- I how, I no, but it's called the Indian tuition waiver, and and I, this I know it's wrong, but that's what it's called right, right. in Michigan because I work there at the school. But anyway, how did they get that to pass? Because if we can get a little uh, BTW, you know, a black you, tuition waiver do, happening, do you know when it passed? It. Uh, yeah. I, I gotta look it up. Yeah, man. 
Like, I just want to know how that happened. Like, who was in charge of that? Can we get that person back in office right now yeah, so we can get that? The thing is, is reparations has been something that's been on the docket. You can look and see all the things that get submitted to the House and some stuff like that. Yeah. Reparations comes up every year, and it has for years. But I think now this is the closest we've ever been yeah. because there is a greater awareness. There's been people that I've been... Global. Excuse me, seeing say Black Lives Matter that I didn't even know they could other right. words. Right. right. So there's two things that I, I wanted, uh, questions I wanted, well, one is I wanted to read something and then I want to ask you guys a question. Just real quick. Yeah. It's going to be real quick. Um, I think for for the reparations piece, I think that they should create a task force of a mi- like of people of color, like a mix between like professionals, academic, um, um, people yeah. that are academics, academians, right? Academia. Academia. Yeah, academia. Okay, thank you, academia. Oh, okay, thanks. Academia. So people from the community, um, like doctors and stuff. I think that. It should be a tax force because I cannot imagine a white person writing a bill for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do you even know what I need? Right. You have not experienced a, a thing. Honestly, that's what happens every time we don't vote. Every time we don't pick the person that we want to speak for us, yep. somebody else gets to speak for us. That's why that was a huge part of the judicial content for COVID-19 took that away from us. We were going to be registering people to vote and talking about why it's important for us to be involved. That's where our solutions are. So, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you got something to read. Yeah, so there's two things, and I'm well, I'm I'm gonna ask a question later because I don't want you guys to think about your answer. I want you to be your first answer. Oh, but when <laughs> Testy. we were talking about microaggressions and we were talking about just little things that happened to us, I want there's a um, an author and a phenomenal pioneer in the area of uh, racial equity and social justice. Her name is Peggy McIntosh. Peggy McIntosh, and she's most famous for her work of um, unpacking the invisible knapsack of racism. And that's where, like, you've seen different iterations of it where people ask all these questions. You got people standing in the line. If you can say yes, walk forward. Mm-hmm. If you can't say yes, stay still. You know, that kind of stuff. So I want to read. I only do the first 20. You going to make a step forward? No, we ain't going to do that. Oh. I'm, I'm only going to read the first Ooh, 30. Put it at five fingers. I only do, do the first oh, yeah. 30. I mean, y'all can do that if you want yeah. to. Yeah, I want to see. I'm interested. So that we can hear it. Yeah. So that you can Uh-oh. listen. Oh, I'm away from my mommy. I wanted to read it just so that we can hear all of the things that are included in privilege. Because a lot of people say stuff like, what is white privilege? I had to work for everything. My dad came from nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I understand all There's of that. still white privilege. White privilege does not mean you don't have a hard life. It does not mean That's that right. you didn't work for anything. Yeah. It means there's certain things right. that you just don't have to My think father. about. My father. Right. So I'm going to read 30 statements. Uh, if you, you 30? Yeah, I'm only going to do 30. We ain't got that many hands. Only 30? Only 30, yeah. Okay. But there's 121 <laughs> of them. You can't, I can. Uh, I can if I wish. Arrange. I can. Just no. say mm-hmm. I can. Uh, I can arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. So oh. the presence of people. Like I could be around 
black people most of the time. Anytime I want. Anytime I want. Anytime, not. Yeah, if I want to. Anytime if I want. Bingo, bingo. All right, next one. I can avoid spending time with people whom I was trained to mistrust and who have learned to mistrust my kind or me. I cannot avoid it. They're everywhere. (laughs) If I should need to move, I can be pretty sure of renting or purchasing housing in an area which I can afford and in which I want to live. No. No. I can be pretty sure that my neighbors in such a location will be neutral or pleasant to me. Joke. I can turn on the television or open the front page of the paper and see people of my race widely represented. I don't even know what narrow is, but that that's not even a comparison. When I am told about our national heritage or civilization, I am shown that people of my color made it with mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Um, let me see. I'm skipping some of these because they're kind of, they're word of word. I can be pretty sure of having my voice heard in a group in which I am the only member of my race. So when I'm the only person my race in the room, I can be sure that my voice will be heard. No. No. Not at all. I can go into a music shop and count on finding the music of my race represented into a supermarket and find the staple foods which fit my cultural traditions or walk into any hairdresser shop and find someone who can cut or style my hair. No. Did you go to Supercut? I went to Supercuts one time to Are get my serious? hair, my ends trimmed, and they cut all my hair off. I was like, no, no, juice. Maybe for the girls. That's up there. Oh, Clarence. I'm just kidding. Hmm. Oh, oh, I'm just kidding. Um, I do not have to educate my children to be aware of systemic racism for their own daily physical protecting. Um. I can talk with my mouth full and not have people put this down to my color. Man, please. Mm, let me see. I can do well in a challenging situation without being called a credit to my race. I am never asked to speak for all the people of my racial group. I can criticize our government and talk about how much I fear its policies and behavior without being seen as a cultural outsider. Huh. I'll do like two more, three more, last one. I can be pretty sure that if I ask to talk to the person in charge or the manager, that I'll be facing a person of my race. If a traffic cop pulls me over or the IRS audits my tax return, I can be sure that I haven't been singled out because of my race. I can easily buy posters, postcards, picture books, greeting cards, dolls, toys, children's magazines, or bandages matching the color or featuring people of my race. I remember I did that at one of those institutes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, that's going to be the last one. It's, it's a lot. The more I read, the more I was just like, oh, excuse but me. Essentially, yeah. if you can answer yes to those questions, that is privilege. You can ask to see the person in charge and you know that person's gonna look like you. You know what I mean? Or when something happens, you don't have to question, did this happen because of my race? So think about that when you think about the conversation of privilege. There's so many things that we didn't touch on today and we're running out of time. Uh, we do gotta go. Um, but I do wanna ask this one last question before we take off. And maybe when we come back next week, 
um, we can pick back up because there is so many things to talk about. But here's my question to you all. If Jesus was here right now, okay, do you think he would say black lives matter or would he say all lives matter? If Jesus was alive right now, would Jesus be saying black lives matter or would Jesus be saying all lives matter? B-L-M, B-L-M. not tricky because jesus left not the 99 for the one we are the one oh it is if you're watching because it's scripture for both ask a question do you think jesus will be saying black lives matter or all lives matter jesus is here right now do you think he will be which phrase do you think he'd be hashtagging on his facebook would he be saying all lives matter because Black Lives Matter does not say that all lives don't matter. It's literally just highlighting, highlighting the oppressed. Yeah. So again, that I think it it the the scripture about him leaving the ninety nine for the one is exactly what it is. He's not saying that he doesn't care about the uh, ninety nine. He's like, I'm just not gonna leave people behind. I'm not gonna leave yeah. you behind. And this would be his way of saying that. He would be right in the front, walking hand in hand with Obama. <laughs> Big Gretch. Which Big Gretch in her buffs. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to uh, agree with Lauren. That's a tough it one. Is, it is hard. Though. But what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he would be doing either, to be honest. What do you think he'd be doing? Out there, talking, laying, eat. Oh! Yeah! Oh! <laughs> I'm kidding, That's I'm kidding. Um, I don't know, I just don't. Um, I think it's interesting because Jesus was, I want to say was very sarcastic, but Jesus said things that kind of like, to provoke thought, like yep. somebody would ask Jesus a question, like Jesus, like who are you? He'd be like, well, who do you think? I am? You know, like Jesus was that way, and so I'd imagine he would probably say something like, "I am the way, the truth, and life." Like he'd say something in regards to pointing it back to him with his father. But to answer the question between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, that is tricky. But I'm gonna have to side with. Um, I think Jesus would say Black Lives Matter, and that's just personally my thought. I, this is my opinion, and it might change in a day or two if I think about it some more. Um, and I think people are commenting, that might help change. But I think so because we see in the Bible multiple right. times where all where Jesus specifically addresses um, people who are either oppressed or handling a fight. For instance, like the woman, woman who's going to get stoned. Correct. To he said, ah, 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 ah. That's he, right. He was a advocate. He stood up for her. Jesus also said, "Render the children unto me," and he was very specific about the demographic of children. And he was saying, I want them. And then also when in Matthew, the fifth chapter, when he goes through the Beatitudes, like blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor, blessed are the rich, like when he That's goes right. through all those things. He said the least of these. Are, he the, did, the, the, yeah, he did what he could to make sure people had the so same opportunity. Because he... There's scripture for that Black Lives Matter. Oh, know, oh! Because he handles things on an individual basis, I believe he would say Black Lives Matter. Also, going back to some Old Testament stuff, 
Um, and I bring up this scripture every time I talk Evan, about this. Evan, this ain't fair because you had time to, you probably did good. I thought about this question when I was talking to Keith before we left the house. But this is just stuff I think about all the time and I have conversations about race on a regular basis. Follow me on YouTube. I'm starting a new series about race. Anyways, I talk about this scripture all the time when we talk about race. Isaiah, the 58 chapter. Isaiah is also the same chapter that uh, prophesies these coming. He's a wonderful counselor. My God, you know, when people, you know, when people, you know, anyway. In the 58 chapter, all these people were fasting and they were doing all this religious stuff and they were trying to please God. They were wrapping themselves in ash cloths and they thought they were doing all this stuff. I remember this. Yeah, they were doing, I, I talked about this here before, right? They were doing all this stuff to try and please God. They were, they thought they were doing their thing. And God was not hearing their fast. God was not trying to do it. Like, God was like, I don't mess with you. And Isaiah came to them and basically was like, y'all think by doing all these things, by saying all this stuff and you think you're pleasing God. You think that's the fast that God wants, but the fast that God wants. But really what God wants is for us to feed the hungry, loose the chains of those that are oppressed, to right. speak up for social injustices. Like that's in the Bible that as believers, we have a responsibility to speak up for injustices. So mm -hmm. I personally think that for sure. Jesus will be saying Black Lives Matter. But again, like Lauren said, and like everyone has said many times, Saying Black Lives Matter does not right. mean that all lives don't matter. That's right. right. It simply means that y'all life shows that y'all life matter. Like exactly. you guys don't. Anyways, Absolutely. I'm sick of having that argument. I, I am too. I think that might be the first thing that I attack. All lives matter don't make sense if black lives are being killed every single day. Come on, somebody. Another thing to, for us Christians out there, I'm gonna say you Christians, but I don't want people to say, "Oh, Evan's not a Christian." Yeah, I'm a Christian. But for you Christians out there, stop saying that we don't need to be protesting. We need to be praying. Stop saying that this is spiritual and not natural. No, George Floyd did not get killed in the spirit. Or negating some other imperative steps Correct. towards. You use those words later. That because, was good. Right. Because you can good. say you pray, like, I get that, but what that else? Was good. Like, That's what else? That's right. Like, so there is a spirituality piece to it. That's right. Like, racism is a sin. Like, there most definitely right. is a spiritual connotation and spiritual warfare. What Absolutely. Else? But George did not get killed in the spirit. He got killed in the, in the flesh, in the right. natural. In front of our eyes. So we can't be too spiritual that we're no earthly Right. And right. To. And I think I was talking about it in our group the other day. I'm like, so many people, specifically, never mind. <laughs> but Take a plan. Go. No, like, some of us have strong leadership roles in communities, That's not right. just Christian communities. And we're doing it a disservice for people who are looking for ways to kind of push it forward by just saying pray. Um, I think we need to offer multiple ways for people to contribute to the movement um, as well as pray. So I think it's important that we offer those resources as well and kind of pave the way and show the way of what needs to be done next. So yeah. always something to do in addition to prayer. Thank you all for kicking it with us. Absolutely. We're talking about this a couple yeah. so I'm we're gonna um, be talking about this next year. Okay. Make it's sure so crazy that we are living in like brand new you know what y'all talked about because they said I, this, this is the biggest Absolutely. civil rights movement yeah. ever. This is history for sure. This is gonna be in our kids' books, it's and we gonna be able to tell them. We what you live gonna, this. What you gonna tell them? Y'all did. Some of your pictures might be in them textbooks. That's true. Huh? <laughs> 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 like you know how they talk about like how when we went to uh, the World War and. Women started taking up work in the factory, and like they talk about stuff on the home front. 
they'll take that same B-roll conversation and say when there was riots and there was looting, there was artists who took the time yeah. to, you know, beautify those spaces. Or like how people things. expressed it through music. Yeah. Right. right, right, So there's there's mm-hmm. action. Like, yes, I'm not saying don't pray. Men are always pray. Yeah. Pray for the righteous, avail as much. Like, that's right. absolutely pray. Try to cover as many grounds as you can. But that's, there's right. more to it. You got to right. do more. All right? Yeah. Um, I just, this, 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 was, this has been good. It felt like a, a therapy session, okay? Yeah. Jump start. Right you gotta communicate. And it's good to talk to you all. Yeah. Y'all not social distancing. Your mama not social distancing. Oh. We, we good over here. We alright. You wash your hands. Huh? Time. Did y'all wash your hands? I think I grabbed my hands sanitizer. I washed my hands when I got. I washed my hands before I, I left my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to Chick Fil A, I ask them for a handful of those Purell sanitation wipes. They don't still uh, give them to you, do they? They do. Oh. And so I've got a plethora of them in my uh, arm race. So every time I go in and out the car. Oh, that's man, beautiful. So like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned in to Young and Righteous Radio. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you follow us on Facebook. If you need help, make sure you pay attention to the graphic on the screen. Okay, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook right there, at YNR Radio. Follow us on Twitter right there. And uh, you can catch us uh all the time right here and you can do our podcast right by going to dreamstone and you can do our podcast okay um and then you go to the entertainment tab and then you'll see young and righteous oops you'll see young and righteous radio right where you can listen to our podcast ladies and gentlemen we're so happy that you tuned in i would we if you're wondering what that noise is, Lauren locked her keys in the car. Yeah. So Before she's God for her diligence. But she got it, amen. She got her stuff. She had to come in. And so we're just about to get in here and want to tell the audience, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this has been Young and Righteous Radio, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, Evan Terrence. I'm... S- Whoa. Uh-oh. I'm the JMC. I'm Leah. And Lauren Melissa with the locked keys in the car. All right. And we want you to stay young, but most of all, stay, stay righteous. righteous.